0: as if that is going to, that's not going to make up for sin. Sin has to be forgiven. It's never paid for.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. This week, Adam Curie and I are joined by Luther House of Studies co-director, Dr. Chris Krogan to talk about Jesus cleansing the temple. In this week's passage, we see commerce happening all around the temple. People are buying and selling cattle, sheep and doves as sacrifices, and money changers are swapping Roman coins for money that can be used in the temple. Then, an angry Jesus enters the scene, driving out the livestock and flipping the money changers' tables over saying, stop making my father's house a marketplace. We ask Dr. Krogan, why are we hearing this passage during Lent? And why does Jesus respond in anger in this passage? Dr. Krogan teaches us that people have always tried to get rid of their sins, both in this passage during Jesus' time, when Martin Luther was alive, and today. The key, as you'll hear him teach on, is that sin can never be paid for, it's forgiven. Dr. Krogan also teaches us that it's common to read this text as if Jesus was a revolutionary, speaking truth to power and bringing in the changing of the establishment by flipping the tables and driving the money changers out. He explains that this is not what's happening in this text and illustrates what Jesus is doing for us instead. I'm glad we get to share this great conversation with Dr. Krogan with you this week. Let's get to it. Here's John chapter 2 verses 13 through 22. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. And now, on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with Kiri Adam and myself. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan.
0: My privilege.
2: Happy Lent. Happy Lent. <laughs> Happy, <Exactly. laughs> Happy Lent. Happy <laughs> Lent. So we're in uh, the Gospel of John again. We hear immediately uh, the Passover the Jews was near. Can you uh, give us a quick overview of what the Passover is and why yep. uh, we're hearing about it right now?
0: Yeah, so uh, Passover is a Jewish festival. It's a pilgrimage festival. There are three Um, festivals in the Jewish tradition that are meant to deal with sin. So what's happening here is in this pilgrimage festival, everybody was to then go to the temple and they would offer up sin offerings, which is the, the context here. So Jesus is headed like other Jews in this pilgrimage to Jerusalem for these sin offerings at the temple. And so he walks in and he sees what's going on with the rest of the Jews. So the next verse talks about these sin offerings and what people are offering up.
3: Um, before we get too far ahead in here, it says, In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves. Yep. Is there a reason why they made, they made sure to mention all these different types of animals rather than just saying, right. selling things?
0: So the, in, in, <laughs> the important thing that we have going on here, <laughs> right. You know, you're, you're, you're dead on right here, Carrie. There's a reason that this language is put in there. Because what we're going to identify later on in the text, and this is what we have going on in the season of Lent, is because we've been talking about this as we walk through the season of Lent, we're dealing with our sin. That's always the theme of the season of Lent, no matter what you have to say. Now, the question is, how are we dealing with our sin? A lot of people think you're getting rid of your sin by making sacrifices, and so people will give stuff up for Lent. This is part of their way of sacrificing. So they walk into the temple, and here's the things that the Levitical code. So This is is actually what God commanded the Jews to do to offer sin at what we call the mercy seat, which is the Ark of the Covenant. And so what they would do is they'd offer these animals, and these animals are cattle, sheep, doves. Those are distinct in the in Leviticus that if you have a certain amount of prestige or status, you would offer this animal. So the priests would offer the cattle for sin. Sheep would be somebody that was a king or has more wealth. The less poor are the doves. People are just average. So they've they have to have this market at the temple because people are coming from all over the place and so they sell these animals because you're not going to bring them from your home. So they have these out for sale right there to make a sacrifice and then you have money changers. Why the money changers? Because one of the things you don't want to do is idolatry in the temple. So outside the temple, people give their Roman coins which have faces on them. And if you walked in with a face that said Caesar is God, into the temple you've got a problem Mm -hmm. so they have to change this money out so there's there's a lot of commerce going on but it's also a shady commerce Mm -hmm. how many roman coins do i get for a good non-idolatry coin these are the kind of things that are going on and so the, the the idea here is you're getting rid of your sin through a sacrifice is what was happening in the temple and and jesus isn't happy with this
3: i was gonna say this sounds like a like it's very strategic everything yes And I feel like when we read verses, and that's one thing that I've actually grown to really appreciate about learning from you and Sarah and Paulson Mm -hmm. is the history and the context. Because when we read this, we don't think anything of the way that selling and trading happened back then, or even coins, like the significance of coins and all of this stuff. And I feel like understanding that helps to understand this text a lot more. Because yep. otherwise it's like, why is this a gospel reading? Mm-hmm. Or at least that first part, it's like, why is that included in here? Like, it just seems like extra that doesn't need to be included.
0: Right. And, and Jesus <laughs> obviously is, as we're going to see here, is not real happy with this stuff.
2: Yeah, he's upset. I mean, he, he makes a whip of cords. He drove all of them out of the temple. It's There's the humorous aspect of it. And so he drives out both the sheep and the cattle. And then <laughs> later on, he says, it's just about the doves. Yeah. Take those out. <laughs> yeah, take those out, no, take those out of the cage. They're going to be here for a while. They let them out of the cage, right? Yeah. Yep. You can almost picture this where he's, he's everything thinking. else is out. The doves, are the doves are still
0: there. <laughs> Calculate. Cal- better not drive them out. We'll, 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 walk them out, please. Yeah. Keep them in the cage.
2: So a lot of people, uh, Dr. Krogan, will read this text and will uh, think that Jesus is a revolutionary. Right. Or he's come to, to uh, upheave the social order or right. to give one to the authorities.
0: Yeah, like speak truth to power. I, I, I guarantee you there'll be some <laughs> congregations where a pastor will say, this is Jesus speaking truth to power. The, the old, the old uh, religious governance, they, they've, they hold the upper hand and Jesus is turning over this. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is a problem. This is not what's happening here. What what Jesus is doing is he's getting rid of actually that power play in the law.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and I know I've heard it personally because I had to read this text in college. Mm. I've heard um, people think that this is actually where Jesus sins too oh. because he, th- he overturns the tables and he gets mad and he starts showing anger and rage. And so I know that some people... Th- actually take it to mean that and bring this sinful nature into Jesus here, mm-hmm. too.
0: Well, and, and and this is part of what they they misinterpret the word zeal, which is it's going to be later on, we're going to zeal for your house with consuming. This is a psalm uh, that is being quoted here. But they think, oh, Jesus has like a, a passionate rage, and he shouldn't have done that, or or there's some kind of jealousy that's going on here. But that's actually not what's going on either. Jesus is very upset because his uh his mission as well as god's name has been misunderstood by all of this commerce exchange that you're going to pay, because what a lot of people think is that when you make a sacrifice, then God has to actually fulfill, or you're going to pay for your sin. That is to say, you do a little bit of this, and God will then make up for it. And that's exactly what was happening in the Levitical Code that people were interpreting, is that this mercy seat is, okay, if we just do these amounts for our sin, we aren't going to have to worry about the judgment in the last day. It's like the indulgence. This is what Luther ran into when he was talking about the 95 Theses, the same thing that's happened here in the temple.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that's like really important to dwell on just a little bit that it not only was happening in Jesus's time, but it's happened throughout history. Yeah. It's not only a modern thing, it was happening at Jesus' time, and it happened during Martin Luther's time. This is something right. that's happening well, at all times. I mean,
2: it's, yeah, it's, it's almost as if uh, we are in bondage to sin, and this is how we believe the world works in some way.
0: Absolutely, because people think that they can somehow make up for sinning against someone. This is, what, this is why it's a, a bit of a tricky thing to sit there and talk about reparations in this day and age. Because reparations as if you there'd be enough money mm-hmm. to make up for a wrong, or that you put a little um, signatory underneath your your email or whatever is saying, well, we know that we live on the land of somebody, we occupy somebody else's land from a long time ago, as if that is going to, that's, that's not going to make up for sin. Sin has to be forgiven. It's never paid for.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's never paid for. It's never paid for by buying... Uh, a dove it's not paid for by paying indulgences (laughs) uh, to have your sins forgiven and it's not paid for by you giving up instagram for for
0: land exactly right yep this is not going to make up for what you've done
2: so uh he's mad i mean he's you can kind of sense the anger you can sense i mean not just sense but you can hear it and so he says take these things out of here stop making my father's house a marketplace
0: yep and so Jesus's anger, you know, there's two things going on. So when this is why the truth to power, they think, oh, we're throwing over the, overthrowing the economy. You know, it's kind of maybe the GameStop revolution, right? We're going get, <laughs> get, get rid of the people that were making money or whatever. All right, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, but, you know, it's, it's as if we, we've
0: got some, you know, insurrection going on here with Jesus, and he's, he's kind of really kind of getting nasty, rebelling. That's not what's happening. But what Jesus, there's two offenses Jesus is upset with. First of all, yes, he is upset with that people are trying to profit off of a religious law. You know, so that they're saying... He's, he does recognize there's corruption here in the temple. That, you know, the amount of coins you get for a dove or the kind of coins you get and that... That is the first offense that Jesus is upset with. So yes, mm-hmm. truly, marketplace. But there's an even greater offense. So the marketplace, this is like um, thou shalt not steal. So Jesus is upset about the breaking of the seventh commandment here. This is basically what's going on in the marketplace. But actually the greater offense is they've broken the first commandment. And what they've broken the first commandment is they think God is, can be bought off. That is to say, you can do, um, get God's goodwill by doing something in the law. And so God's name is associated with the law as opposed to what God said, associate my name with a promise of mercy.
3: But how is that breaking the first commandment?
0: Because you've you've mistaken God's name as, for Moses or the lawgiver, as opposed to God's name as promised mercy in Christ. And so Jesus is walking in and he's saying, don't think of God that you're going to pay off God, but it's a mercy seat, not a paid off seat. See, there's a difference between having mercy, which means you don't pay anything, because you don't deserve mercy, you don't earn mercy. Or paying. So if you, you go to a judge and you pay the fine, well then you get out. But if you go to the judge and he says, You're forgiven, no fine. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between mercy and payment.
2: And you have I mean we have this little aside then in uh, this the verse seventeen and you, you kind of made a point to point it out earlier, Dr. Krogan, but his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Yep. Uh, First off, what does it mean for the disciples to remember this? Why is that there?
0: Yeah, so there's two places in in this text you see remembered. You see it here in verse 17, and then you see it a little bit later in verse 22. Now, this remembered is not actually that in the moment in time they're remembering it. Mm -hmm. It's actually later on, after the resurrection. Now, why is that important? Because what they're remembering is what Jesus had been prophesied to think and say, and then what he actually did. And so this particular Psalm is is there recalling that Psalm 69, verse nine, and it's important to read the whole of the thing. Here's what the verse says. It is zeal for your house that has consumed me. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So what Jesus? what's happening is Jesus goes in And he is upset that the temple has become about the law and not about mercy. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's consuming him. And then when he goes in and does this, they have insults for him. And so this is that moving from uh, this is going to be a good thing to Christ actually going through death. Now, why is that important with remembering? Because it's actually the disciples remembered this After they themselves had betrayed Jesus Mm -hmm. and had his sin on their hands, he dies on the cross. And so specifically in Gospel of John, which is what we're in right now, they're in the upper room and they're afraid. And they think, uh uh-oh, the way the world works is it's you get what you deserve. Mm -hmm. And so they're afraid of the Jews. And then Jesus shows up. And the very first reaction is, uh uh-oh, the other shoe's going to drop. Jesus is going to get even. But the first words of his mouth are, your sins are forgiven. Receive the Holy Spirit. Those whose sins forgive, you are forgiven. Those whose sins you retain are retained. So he actually gives them not what they deserve, but mercy. That gives them a memory of, oh, Jesus was saying it was all about mercy. And this is what is popping. They're like, mm-hmm. wow. But the, the interesting thing is, until, until you have sinned against Jesus, you don't recognize how merciful he is because you don't actually own any sin yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's they they're remembered afterwards that they start to go. And this is why then the rest of the verses are very important because Jesus goes in and he starts overturning the tables and he starts upsetting and, and they're upset because like, you just upset our Levitical code. Mm-hmm. You just broke our rules.
2: Yeah. What what sign can you show us for doing this? Yeah, where is your authority that would uh, allow you to do this? How did how did
0: you become better than Moses? Yeah, is essentially what they're asking because these are these are the priests and they're they're of the house of Aaron, the Levite priests. They're like, who gave you this position to come in and start overturning (laughs) our rules and order and stuff like that? What sign do you have? Where did you get this authority? And so then Jesus gives them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And so the disciples are going, oh, you mean the temple was his body? This is, again, them remembering that Jesus had actually said, because what's flipped now is the temple, which is the mercy seat, all right? Jesus is now the mercy seat. This is what we see in Romans, is mm-hmm. Jesus has become the mercy seat, and he's the one. And so this, this, is, this is an important piece then is that they go oh jesus's name is god's name and that's mercy not the law Mm -hmm.
3: okay so at this point when the jews speak to him they know that they're speaking to jesus or do they think that it's just a disciple or just a crazy person a guy
0: who's trying to speak truth to power it's a guy okay. with a whip. He's yeah. walking around, you know, yeah. what? and and he, and he'd come in on that big, you know. So he'd he'd been, you know, Palm Sunday. So mm-hmm. they'd been saying, "Oh, look, the Messiah, the King of the Jews, he's coming." I'm like, who who elected you king? You you're you're not king. Mm-hmm. You you're actually. I think it's
1: important to think about that remembering mm-hmm. something that happens externally to you. Yes, like you can't remember without an external prompt, and that's what's happening to the disciples. Is yes. That The Holy Spirit externally helps Mm. them now remember what was written written here. And that Jesus says that destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. It's not like they... They were were clueless when he originally
0: says it. Mm -hmm. So in this time, they're still clueless. So... This Again, this recollection of remember is something that they remembered later on, not in this moment in this text. Hmm. So they remember This is exactly what Jesus was saying and what happened. But they remembered it basically after Jesus was raised from the dead. And you're right. They received the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, oh, everything Jesus was saying is about mercy, not about law. In this moment in time, they're still thinking like the, like the Levi, Le, Levite. Priest. Mason, mm-hmm.
3: you taught me something. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's like you don't I, remember like if you, unless you don't like
1: remember a, your grandparents unless you see a, a photo of them. Yeah. or you're or like reminded a of something. Sight or or a sound. Yeah, exactly. Yep.
3: Kind of like uh is it external. is it trust that you said? Yep. That's external. something that Comes doesn't come from the outside.
1: Yeah. Yep. Huh. That's same with preaching. It's a, exactly. you're not going to yeah. just come up with preaching from yourself. You need an external voice to actually land it on your you.
0: Right. This is why Jesus commands us do this often in remembrance of me in the Lord's Supper. So that you go, oh yeah, it was about him forgiving my sin.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it seems, um, at least in this uh, th- this 21st verse and 19th verse, that this is kind of where the, I mean, what happens before is important, but this yes. seems to be the pivot. Yep. That if you were to just uh, read before and then you would... Uh, you might think Jesus was speaking truth to power or that this was then the work of the church just to uh, go after religious authorities.
1: Let's read it quick. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Verse 21. But he was speaking of the temple of his body.
3: Mm -hmm. So this is the creme de la creme.
0: This is, which is why it's not the truth to power because if that were the case, then the law would remain and God's name would be one law against another. Yes, and so that's why it's not a Jesus being a rebel with a cause. Yeah. Because that would be just law. So there, the Levites are like, wait a second, our election was in Moses in the law, mm-hmm. but Jesus is saying the exact opposite. And this is what what he actually happened when John said, look, the Lamb of God. So this is where it goes back to where John won and, and the, the John the Baptist is pointing at Jesus. And he's saying, there's the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sin of the world. How is he going to take away this in the world? Not coming in and speaking truth to power, but actually changing your perception of who God really is. Hmm. And the way he changes your perception is he actually takes your sin from you, takes it on, owns your sin, dies because of your sin, consequence of sin is death again, and then forgives you for killing him. Mm -hmm. That's how he takes away the sin. That's why John is saying, Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, And this is how he's gonna do it. He's gonna walk into the temple and he's gonna say, the temple isn't for you to get even with God. The temple is God actually putting you under his mercy.
1: And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us how Jesus is going to take away our sin. Not by speaking truth to power, but by changing your perspective of who God really is. God is mercy. He takes your sins from you. He died because of your sin. He then forgives you for killing him. Like Dr. Krogan said in this week's conversation, until you've sinned against Jesus, you don't recognize how merciful he actually is. Thankfully, we have a merciful God. As we close out this episode, the Luther House of Study team wants you to know how much we appreciate you listening to Scripture first. We share these conversations to spread the promise of Jesus Christ and encourage you to preach the gospel. Thank you for listening. Before we go, we want to invite you to join the Luther House of Study email list. Be in the know of new podcast episodes, Luther House of Study events and conferences, and future program updates. To sign up, visit us at lutherhouseofstudy.org slash resources. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Jesus' forgiveness is for you. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.